Yes, people, it's episode 256 of Griff's Brain Dumb. It's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? It's Christmas Eve. And I'm recording this. Um, I'm technically uh, meant to be doing something else. But uh, the <laughs> I don't want to. It's Christmas Eve. Let's wind down. People are still forcing uh, forcing work to be done. Um, but it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's all good. Um, how are you doing? How's your, how's your Christmas plans going? I've just finished wrapping presents. I hate wrapping presents. I forgot how much I hated wrapping presents. I I thought it was something I just built up in my head that I don't like doing. Um, then just got lazy with it. But then I, having to wrap presents, I realised I hate doing this. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm not sure if it's being able to cut the sellotape. It, all it is, is how difficult sellotape is to break when you want to break it, but how easy it is to break when you don't want to break it. And uh, you just spend a lot of time just fighting sellotape, trying not, to, trying to make it stick someplace, but not stick anywhere accidentally, and tear the wrapping paper. It's all very long. And then I never have the right pen to write on the wrapping paper with, so that pen's all smudging off now. Um, but it's all good. Got some lovely presents for the wife. Uh, it's funny, I, I, you know, you meant to put your kid's name on one of the presents. Um, I've done that. I've chosen the most expensive present to put Zadie's name on. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if she likes her presents. I mean, I know she likes her presents. How do I know? Because she just sent me the links to them. That's how we Christmas shop for each other. Um, she got me headphones that I've been using for the past month. Because it was silly, I needed headphones, so she got me headphones, and then it was silly me being on calls and not being able to hear anything, knowing that I've got a fresh pair of headphones um, at home. So I just said, look, I'm going to use the headphones, thanks, Merry Christmas, cheers. I don't need to open anything Christmas Day. Um, then yesterday, I went Christmas shopping last night, um, like past midnight. Grocery shopping, I mean, like for drinks and snacks and cheese and... Um, that's it. Don't don't drink any alcohol. Um, yeah, it's just cheese and stuff. And uh, it's annoying because I was all organised. Had my Morrison's shop meant to be delivered between eight to ten. So you've got Amazon Prime, I think, or maybe just Amazon. You can get uh, Morrison's shop next day delivery if you spend over forty pounds, which I did. Um, did that on the twenty second, twenty third. It's due to be delivered between 8 and 10 p.m. Then it gets to eight minutes past 10 and I get a text message to say, yeah, we're not fulfilling your order. Here's your money back. It's like, no, uh, I want my money back. I want my shopping. I want my shopping, mate, not the money. The money's not the issue here. It's the shopping. Um, so they give me my money back. So it's going to be hard for me to complain because I technically don't have a complaint. Right? When it comes, like, financially, I'm not out of pocket. Um, I haven't paid and haven't received my product. It's, it's all balanced in Amazon's head. But even though I've managed to get all the items that didn't come, the point is, what if I couldn't? I would have been left stuck. Yeah, my family, we've had no soft drinks over Christmas. No, we've had cheese. I've got cheese before. Uh, but no brie. Hey? Eh? No asty. Um, nothing. So, very annoying. So, so very annoying. 
And um, so I, I want I want a gift voucher. That's what I want. I want the whole value back as a gift voucher. I want to make out that I've got nothing. The family went without this Christmas. Um, well, that's what I'll do. And I've got some desserts as well. Um, well, what I think has been going on in, in the world this week? Uh, no, I mean, I spoke about the, the fire in Sutton. Very light touch, because like I said, I didn't know all the information. Still don't know all the information. But what's slowly emerging is uh, that the mum the may not have actually been arrested. And that the children weren't left alone. Or weren't meant to be left alone. And because uh, the mum's actually spoken out, she said that you know it's hurtful, the things have been said about her, but she can't talk about it for legal reasons. Um, and then I saw someone do this kind of petition about complaining to the BBC about how they've covered it and made us think that the mum's been arrested. But then when I reread the articles, <laughs> they never said the mum's been arrested, and they said a 27 year old woman has been arrested in connection with the, the fire. Granted, the mum is a 27-year-old woman, but then, it, but then I'm reading online accounts of people saying the kids weren't left alone. And it struck me, oh, do you know what 27-year-old women have? They have friends who are 27-year-old women. And maybe, as me piecing all the things together, I think maybe it was a 27-year-old woman who was meant to be supervising, babysitting the kids. Maybe she was the one who got arrested. I don't know speculation but the that the debate isn't the question isn't about this incident again because i don't really want to talk about a specific instance i don't know what happened it's about how we read the news right and who who's the responsibility on you know what's inferred what's implied you know what who who's the onus on i know in different countries you have different um the onus on different people right so, for example, I think in the UK, the onus is on the messenger to make sure the message is correct. Um, actually, I say that. Who is it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure who it's on. I believe it is in communication. The messenger, as long as they write everything correctly, whatever's kind of inferred by everyone else, is their issue. I think... Um, is the onus on the messenger, the sender or receiver of a message? That's nice well message. And I'm using Bing, which I hate using. Um, I don't know, I'm not going to find that quickly, right? Let's see, the receiver's important role in clear communication. Okay, uh, there's no more. Right, let's see, let's read this, let's read this, let's read this. Come on. Click on it, click on it, click on it, click on it. So this is Humanities English. This is a, I think it's an American website. What goes wrong conversation, okay. So, in the communication process, the receiver is the listener, reader or observer, that is the individual or the group of individuals to whom a message is directed. And the receiver is also called the audience or decoder. The person who initiates a message in the communication process is called the sender. Put simply, 
An effective message is one that's received in a way that the sender intended. Problems can arise on both ends that prevent the intended message from getting through to the receiver. Okay, um, so this, this is way too long for me to read on the pod, maybe, maybe not. Let's go, right, let's go for it. The message and potential problems. For example, Paige asks Bill a question verbally. The message travels through the air, the channel, to Bill's ears. He responds, Paige is the sender, and the question is the message. And Bill is the receiver and gives Paige feedback by answering the question. Myriad areas, uh, the ways, what myriad areas and the ways exist where problems could arise. Uh, okay, this is right. This is too much. Anyway, point I was making when it comes to these newspaper articles. When I when I said when you read it, the newspaper never says she's been arrested. We inferred that it was the mum because she's a 27 year old woman. Uh, the children were the mum wasn't there when the children uh, when the, when the fire happened. Granted, though, the newspapers did say the children were left alone. So that bit is where I would have my complaint. If the children weren't left alone, you can't say the children were left alone. But you can't complain if the newspapers say a 27 year old woman's been arrested in connection with the with the deaths uh, and that actually happened, right? And I was saying, so uh, the point I was making wasn't actually about this, it was about communication. Newspapers, how they write articles, how we read them, do we need to read them with a bit more, you know, scrutiny? Do we need to learn to read things with a bit more scrutiny, a bit more critical thinking? Yeah, not contrary thinking like a lot of critical thinking is today. The sky is blue. No, it's not. It's green. Think critically. It's like you're not thinking critically. You're just being contrary, right? But, or do newspapers, is the, I mean, some newspapers be super clear with their message? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how clear you are of the message. If I've got an agenda, I will take from the message whatever I want to take. And if you've got an agenda, you will say your message in whatever way you want to say it. I think always got to be able to read between the lines. I think, again, the onus is on us to read news from multiple sources to really understand what the common themes are. You know, try to read something from the right wing, something from the left wing, something conservative, something liberal, you know. Um, something that you think is going to back up your point. Like, let's pick something like race. Uh, you know there's going to be certain blogs and websites that as soon as someone black is involved, you know what angle they're slightly going to be, you know, writing from, right? But if they, if it's from more of a right wing editorial, they're going to be like, oh, PC culture gone mad, blah, 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 blah. Now, as annoying as John it might be to read the other side, because it just goes against everything that you think, read it. Read it. Because there will be something in there that you probably agree to if you're not a, like an ideologue and uh and it'll help you get a fuller picture of what what's been said because maybe the thing that you are looking at from your angle might actually be something else i remember i was listening to someone's uh podcast i don't remember who i was dane baptiste question everything and he had calvin robinson now i've never really heard calvin robinson talk I'd, he's always just been rolled out um, and presented in the way that you know I said a few well, probably 10 podcasts ago there's only two type of black people allowed on TV the person that says nothing's racist and the person that says everything's racist 
and he's always rolled out as the nothing's racist. But obviously, when you allow a black person to talk away from TV, they can actually fully, you know, flesh out what they're saying. He makes a clear point that, yeah, some things are racist, but a lot of things that we say are racist aren't, in his opinion. And I was like, okay, let's hear what he's got to say. Then he, um, he made the point, for example, when there's racial disparities. Um, when there's racial disparities in, in data. He said because it's racial disparities, it doesn't necessarily mean it's racism. So, for example, if, uh, you know, if, if you made a point, like, you know, if black boys are, un- are getting less, you know, lower grades at school, is that racism? And then he said it potentially could be, but he goes, it probably isn't. He says it's probably to do with social economics factors, you know, you know, class stuff. I always find it funny though when people do use socioeconomics as a factor. Like, you know, it's not race, it's socioeconomics, but race is a socioeconomic factor. But either way, I get I got the point he was he was making and it's something that I thought, oh well actually I'll consider that going forward. That because there's a disparity in race doesn't actually mean it's racist. Uh, correlation and causation, if you will. You know, I've seen that I've seen a little bit of forced causation it comes to bloody foot professional athletes collapsing with heart conditions and people linking it to the vaccine uh two different threads have been on one in the whatsapp group one in uh on facebook and i asked a simple question yes there's been a lot of people uh there's been a lot of people having heart conditions it seems it does feel like there's more I'm not sure it's just been reported more um but definitely professional including professional athletes and fans in the stand having heart issues but then and then also there are links about the vaccine and heart conditions following the vaccine. And um, well, here's the thing, do we know the vaccine status of those having those heart conditions? No, we don't. And without that simple link, you can't make this assumption, you can't come to this conclusion. Yet people really just fully come to this conclusion. Look, look what the vaccine's doing. How do you know it's the vaccine? Might even be COVID that's doing it to these people. Could be neither. Could be nothing to do with COVID. Because guess what? We don't know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. So to just see people die, like collapse of heart issues, go, it's the vaccine, without even knowing if the person's been vaccinated or not, it's flipping stupid. But, like I said, it's about pushing your agenda, right? And I said, just read something from another side. Just hear, you know, hear what people are saying. So because of that, I didn't go into those conversations going, what are you talking about? I said, oh, you've got like, um, you've got any data showing which, which professional athletes have been vaccinated, which ones haven't? And those who've collapsed, which one of those have been vaccinated, which ones haven't? No one comes back to me. Never. None of these conversations I've had online. I just see, I see them commenting other parts of the thread, but my bit just ignored. Surely there should be a part of your brain that goes, oh yeah, that's a good point. Didn't think about that. Let me go look. Let me go Google. But no, I just get sent loads of different reports that don't have it, don't say anything to do with the question I asked. And it just makes you think. It's like, it's, it's this, um, we're in a generation where everyone has an opinion, right? And if everyone has an opinion, no people, people don't tend to express opinions that they think are wrong. Therefore, Everyone's talking from a position that they think they're right. 
um, says the man who's got a podcast with only himself on it. But uh, <laughs> everyone's got an opinion. Everyone thinks they're right. And um, and so and they're, they're not challenged, right? And they don't they don't approach a problem with a hypothesis, and then try to disprove it. You know, the scientific method. Oh, the scientific method's not perfect, but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty robust in how we uh, you know, how we approach things. I guess the factors that go into it is something you can consider, right? You know, for example, if you have your own biases, then you'll bring that into your experiment. You think that like, black people aren't human. Even asking that as a hypothesis, is that racist? I guess not on its own as a hypothesis, but if you're testing them in a certain way, then probably. Probably. Talking about black people. Oh, jeez, how do I forget about this? Talking about my week and what I've been doing. I completely forgot. So I did um I did a DNA test. Didn't I? Did a DNA test. Results come back. Um Let's find it. Let's find it. Let's find it. In your head, people, what percentage African do you think I am? Huh? What percentage African do you think I am? Have a guess just now as I find the results. Oh, let's skip this. I want all the song and dancers want the numbers. Here it is, people. You got it in your head? Alright. So, here's the numbers. Scores on the doors. I am... Let's, let's start with the smallest one. Should we start with the smallest one or the biggest? Let's start with the biggest. Obviously, the biggest one. 66.4% Nigerian. Come on, I knew it. I already knew this. I already knew this. I already knew and it says via Jamaica. So it, it knows that my Nigerianness has come through Jamaica. They've 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 worked that out on uh, on my DNA testing. So it's obviously a common DNA that comes from Nigerians who were obviously transported to Jamaica. There's this there's common DNA amongst those people. And yeah, 66.4% Nigerian, 19.5% Sierra Leonean, come on, so we're already up to, uh, we're up to like 86% here, it's good numbers, 86%, and then 1.4% West African, just various West African, they don't know whether it's the Ghana Empire song guy they they, they 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 don't know they don't know All right uh, but yeah that's that's the that's the African part right then as expected but lower than I thought nine point two percent Irish Scottish and Welsh Gaelic Celtic surname is Griffiths it's a Welsh surname um so it's always a conflict that is a Caribbean person, right? How do you want to think of it? Do you? I guess the the best outcome is, <laughs> like, I've either got 
like white in me because of rape yeah owner raping slave horrible imagery right horrible thought um you know from one perspective rape and tragic and horrible and from the other perspective perversion and bestiality right considering we were considered as animals not even human subhuman but yet you wanted to have sex and procreate so that just shows you you're a disgusting person that's one possibility well, the other possibility is it was actually a you know consensual romantic relationship which means that well one of my ancestors was like the favorite slave or was one of my ancestors prophet stephen snitcher griffiths just stopping all the revolts from happening you know what i mean just there just chilling on the plantation everyone's plotting go look we're gonna burn the big house down and then we're gonna run to the other plantation the johnson plantation get those guys there burn their place down we're gonna start a revolution we're gonna get freedom and as they say oh hold on hold on where's where's snitcher gone and snitch is already in the big house going listen master they are they're about to start they're about to start, I don't want to go to America. <laughs> they're about to start a revolution and then it's just lashes and whipping. What do do more? It could be it could have been that. Who knows? So who knows? Maybe it's later down in the generation where people are free. People are free and they were actually it was fully consensual, it wasn't that strange power dynamic there. Who knows? But I don't actually think too deeply about it. It's a part of uh, it's part of Caribbean history, and that's what it is. So nine point two percent Irish, Scottish, Welsh, not English though. Not English. Um, right. And then um, two point one percent South Asian. So. It could be Dravidians, could be Sino-Tibetans. Now, here's the thing. I knew that my great... So, it's my grandma's grandparents. I'm not sure if it was grandfather or grandmother. It was Chinese. I knew that. But now, seeing this 2.1 uh, South Asian, and even more specific, there's a 1.4... Nepali, it's starting to make me think, were they Chinese? Or was this just a typical thing? Because you remember how blunt and inaccurate um, people were with ethnicities back then, back in the day. Just Chinese man. Guy's not even Chinese, but I'm Chinese. You know what I mean? Chinese man, I'm Chinese. And he said, and he said like, no, I'm from Nepal. Chinese man, he said. So I'm not sure if um, if that's if that's the answer to that. Don't know. Maybe just the DNA testers didn't pick it up. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting, right? Because all you'd have to be is some sort of Chinese back then to be Chinese. Even my mum's generation, she ain't really trying to differentiate between Chinese, Japanese. Yeah, I'm Chinese. <laughs> No, she's she's not that blood. I've made a joke about that on my show, but she's actually not. 
that um, unsophisticated stuff. But you, you get the point I'm making, right? Where you, people are less travelled, so he's more Chinese than anything else they've seen. So maybe that that was the case. But that's my mix. That is my mix. So it's literally uh, almost ninety percent African. Almost just eight, 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 high eighty percent African. It's um yeah, pretty cool. Pretty interesting, I think. Hmm? I think it's pretty interesting. Hmm? It's pretty interesting. So yeah, so what what would that do? Would that change anything in my life? No, not at all. It's <laughs> it is what it is, it, and um, yeah, it doesn't change anything really. I'm not now going to go to Nigeria and say, "All right, I'm back. I am back, guys. What's going on? What you been doing since I left?" Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. But um, but it's cool though. It's cool. And then what else it does? It um, it shows you like all your kind of people your DNA matches, like your fifth cousins and your fourth cousins and um. And yeah, it hasn't brought up anyone that I'm just like, oh my god, I know that name. Like that, that hasn't happened. Um, which I'm happy. That was my, I guess my, uh, my biggest fear. <laughs> seeing the name of a girl I dated. Actually, the biggest fear was seeing Naomi's name. <laughs> That'd be the one. That'd be the one. I was like, oh god. Um, but no, that's it really, right, let's, um, I've got anything else to talk about, I don't think so, I need to wrap up this pod, get back to doing what I'm meant to be doing, I just wanted to get this pod out of the way, so I didn't have it hanging over my head on Christmas Day, or, um, or Boxing Day either, it's just done, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, right. Dear Deirdre, my wife's so crazy at Christmas that it's pushed me into the arms of her cousin. Lies. What if the cousin's a woman? Someone tells the cousin's a dude. Dear Deirdre, my wife has been such a pain in the run-up to Christmas, it's pushed me into the arms of someone else, her male cousin. I knew it! She takes the festive season really seriously and flies off to handle when anything falls short of perfect. For example, our kids, 7 and 5, aren't allowed to hang baubles on the tree in case they mess up the aesthetic. I'm 41, she's 41, I'm 39, and we've been married for 14 years. How's this an issue now? It's 14 years in. She's always been quite an intense person, and sometimes it's endearing. Seeing how she makes our kids feel so special on their birthdays is so lovely. But she turns to a monster every Christmas. From October onwards, she talks about nothing but presents and new ideas for, for lunch on the big day. A few years ago, her cousin, now 35, split from his husband. We didn't want him to spend the day alone, so we invited him here. For the last three years, it's been great to have someone to roll my eyes at or crack a joke with every time she goes off on one. But last New Year's, things got out of hand. It was just the three of us. Uh, just, just sorry, it's just us three adults and the kids, thanks to the restrictions. My wife headed to bed early. A cousin and I stayed up drinking and watching the celebrations on the TV. We had pretty much we had pretty much a whole bottle of whiskey between us, and so when Big Ben struck at midnight, we ended up sharing the kiss. Mad. How strong was this man's like gay energy that it made you a guy who 
you you have to be bisexual or gay yourself because you can't be a straight guy where the other guy's gay energy is so powerful that it makes you gay just for the moment only when i'm with him i'm gay never gay any moment any other moment just when i'm with him <laughs> like that's not a thing um yeah, right, so yeah, so we kiss, shared a kiss. Suddenly, we were both tearing each other's clothes off like we'd been waiting for this. I'm so confused. He ended up giving me all sex while my wife slept upstairs. I'd experimented with boys at uni. There it is. Okay, I knew it. I'd experimented with boys at uni, so this wasn't all new to me. I've always considered myself bisexual. I knew it couldn't happen again, so I've avoided seeing him all year. Now he's due to join us on Christmas Day again. And I'm excited to see him. I'm confused. I love my wife, but I've got strong feelings for this man. Mental, bental, rental, stencil. Right, um, yeah, I don't know what, what to tell you, mate. Uh, stop getting sweet, sweet dick sucks from your wife's cousin. Like, um, you know what I mean? That's that's what you need to do. Focus on that shun. All right, focus on that. Not on the sweet, sweet. <laughs> oh dear, it's mad. It's mad. I wonder if your wife dates you bisexual. Like, would her homophobia have one stopped you from getting with each other? When I say homophobia, I don't mean it in a bad way. Just like she, well, not right. Sorry, she could just have a preference not be with a guy's bisexual, or she could have some homophobia. Where here it is. Now, because her husband's bisexual and her cousin's gay, that they're going to smash. There you go. Recovered. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, maybe she would have stopped you from hanging out. I don't know. Uh, I love these ones. Bailout. Do I stand by my partner while he's in prison, even though he's texting his ex? No. There you go. Next question. Dear Digi, do I wait for my partner while he serves time in prison, even though I caught him messaging his ex? I know that most people say no, but part of me thinks I should give him one more chance. He's having a hard enough time as it is. He's serving three months for not paying council tax. Jesus! What are you in here for? Triple murder, mate. You? Bank robbery. You? Didn't pay council tax. You what? Didn't pay council tax. Oh, I get it. You didn't pay council tax on the warehouse that you rent that you keep dead bodies in. No. Just the council tax on my house. Alright. 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 Um, council tax, I've supported him through the whole process. Maybe you could have supported him by paying the council tax. Anyway, he's 48, I'm 45. We've been together for two years. Last week, I was putting away some new clothes so I'd bought him. So yeah, instead of buying clothes, pay the council tax. I thought it might be a nice surprise for when he's back. Hidden under his t-shirt was a Nokia phone and on it were texts to his ex. The conversation started when he told her about his sentence. But as they went on, they got flirtier. The last message was him promising to see her when he got out. Am I a fool to stand by him? Yes. <laughs> That's a simple one. That's a simple one. This guy's clearly not financially responsible and not romantically responsible either. So, um, yeah. Don't do it. Um, let's see. 
Right, two more. Two more, two more. Freeze the crowd. I'm keen to try a threesome, but my girlfriend won't agree. Then dump her and then find two women. Then try to convince two women to sleep with you. That's it. you got to just weigh up what's more important. Getting that out of your system or staying with your missus. Because it will eat up at you if you really wanted to threesome. And you, ne- you don't get it done. And then you realise, oh, well, that big of a deal. And I miss her. You know, so, dear, 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 I'm keen to try a threesome, but my girlfriend won't agree. How do I get her on board? Uh, it's not that our sex life is boring. We regularly try new positions to play sex games. I've always wanted to have a threesome. There's something about it that really turns me on. I'm, three, I'm 32. My girlfriend's 29. We've been together for two years. I asked her a year ago if she'd be up for introducing someone else, but she immediately shut me down. She said that if I wanted to have sex with another girl that badly, I should just break up with her. And he's just like, I don't have sex with another girl. I don't have sex with another girl and you. Um, I don't want to do that. I really see a future with her. One night while I was home alone, I was messaging girls on Tinder. I found one that is also keen on the idea of a freeway. How do I send it to my girlfriend? Yeah, send it to your girlfriend. Hey, babe, you know that... That thing that you didn't want to do that I keep on bringing up, but you keep on shutting down, having a threesome. Yeah, well, I know we're in a relationship, but I was on Tinder and uh, <laughs> acting single, and I found a girl who wants a threesome with us. You up for it now? Yeah, mate, that wasn't the way to go about it. Um, look, I don't know. I actually don't know, but sometimes these things, when you push for them so hard... When you've had some resistance, it makes you want them more. It builds up and you, you end up falling in love with the idea of it rather than the potential reality. And what's going to end up happening is you are going to get your threesome and you are not going to like it. You are going to see some woman chow down on your missus and she's going to have the time of her life and you're going to suddenly just feel a bit inadequate. What you thought would be sexy when you thought they'd always be paying attention to you. They're like, nah, be Ross from Friends moment. You'll be making a sandwich. What are you going to do then? Huh? What are you going to do then? So, I'm going to say this, mate. Just uh, keep it as a fantasy. Speak to some other people who've actually done it. Like, get them to speak on the real rather than going, oh, it's the best thing ever. We've got two birds. They're both doing this. Like, no, no, no. Don't, don't get that. Don't get that guy. Speak to a real person who's had it. Who's just like, yeah, do you know what? It was, uh, it was a lot of hard work. A lot of concentration required. And I didn't really enjoy myself, mate. That's it. Right. Change of heart. The guy I was dating did a total 180 and friend zoned me. Dear Deirdre, the guy I was, I was seeing has done a total 180 and friend zoned me. He was really keen at first, asking to see me every night for a week straight. And all of a sudden, he went quiet. When I quizzed him, he said I think we'd be better off as friends. We met on a night out last month. He's 25, I'm 27. We got chatting at the bar and within 20 minutes, he'd invited me to dinner the next night. We ended up seeing each other every day that week and slept together each time. Ooh... But after six dates, he went quiet. I texted him a couple of times and he got no response. Finally, he told me that there wasn't a spark for him. What did I do wrong? How do I stop this from happening again? One, you did nothing wrong. Two, you cannot stop this from happening again. Um, I mean, you could stop banging a guy six nights straight, but that's not the issue here. The issue is he's friend-zoned you and he doesn't want to talk to you anymore, right? That's the issue. Um... But here's the thing. Um, you can't. You can't stop that. That's the game. It's the game of dating. It's the risk. You might win some, you lose some. You can just carry on playing. 
it's just you just have to decide how you play the game. Do you play the game by playing by? You set the rules and you play within the rules and you play honestly and you give it your best shot. Or you don't play by the rules and you cheat and you and you win, but it's not not a fair win. You don't feel good about the way you won and stuff. And that's what you need to do. You need to decide. We want to play this game. But maybe uh maybe wait a bit. But look. You be friend zone. It's funny how no uh it's friend zoning. I like how she's calling it a friend zone then, not just a dump it. <laughs> friend zone sounds nice. He's like, nah. He doesn't want to be your friend. I can guarantee you. You go, alright, let's be friends. Let's uh, hang out. You watching the football later? If you text him throughout the football, he'll be annoyed. So yeah, friends. But uh, I'll say, yeah, just uh, maybe date a guy a bit longer without sleeping with him. You won't feel like you lost out so much. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what you need to do. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Um, like I said, this will be coming out after Christmas. So I hope you had a good Christmas. hope you had a good Boxing Day. And uh, that's it. That's the pod. Done. Done. Diddly dum dum. Bing bong. See ya. <laughs>